Hello, and welcome to the Cody Builds a Business podcast. Today, we sit down and talk with author Kyle Gray. We talk about one of my favorite topics, and it's about storytelling. Now, when you get this part of your business figured out, I really think life becomes a lot easier. People are attracted to stories. They can see themselves in a story. They like to hear stories. And that's the basic format that I follow on this show. I try to think of a concept I want to teach or something I want you to take away and then think of what's the story that'll take you there? Like, what's the story that'll help explain that in much more vivid detail? Now, Kyle has written two books around storytelling. He's written three books total, but he just had a new book come out called Selling with Story. And listen to this interview with Kyle, and then check out the show notes for links to Kyle's book uh, that just came out, as well as his previous book called The Story Engine. Hope you enjoy this chat with Kyle Gray, and I'll see you there. Want to know what it really takes to build a thriving, profitable business from the ground up? Hey, I'm your host, Cody Birch, and this is the Cody Builds a Business Podcast. Your unfiltered front row seat to watching me build a seven-figure online business from scratch or die trying. Let's get started. Hey, before we jump into the interview with Kyle, as you listen to this, if you think, I need help like this, I need help with telling my story better in my marketing, in my funnels, on my landing pages, in my Facebook ads, in my emails, then I would encourage you to check out One Hour Funnel Live. One Hour Funnel Live is the live event that I'm hosting in just a couple weeks where we'll get together and we'll talk through what this means in your business. You can collaborate with me and other attendees, the different speakers, and get face-to-face with people that can help you tell your story better. They can help you market more naturally. So I'd encourage you to go check it out. Go to onehourfunnellive.com to get your tickets, and I'll see you there. All right, we now welcome to the Cody Builds a Business show, Kyle Gray. Kyle, what's up, man? Hey, Cody, thank you so much for having me. Man, I'm so glad you're here. There's a lot that I want to talk about today, primarily the release of your brand new book. But before we get there, take a minute to fill my listeners in on who you are and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, well, uh, that is, uh, yeah, how I got to where I am today is a very interesting story. But I'm a, I'm a storytelling strategist. I love to work with, uh, with entrepreneurs and coaches and really help them get clear on the value of what it is that they're doing and then put that together into stories that help teach people, empower people, build desire for their products and and help them uh, really, really sell without without being salesy and selling all of the time. Um, And uh, I've I've luckily um, have had a a long or like a various backgrounds um, in applications of how to do this. I've worked with a startup called WP Curve, where I did a lot of content marketing and just writing thoughtful articles um, that helped grow the business uh, just by driving our traffic and our brand awareness to around seven figures in annual recurring revenue. Um, they, uh, I uh, kind of went on to become a consultant after that, and they shortly are shortly thereafter sold to GoDaddy. Um, and I've worked with um, a few more brilliant minds and, and hundreds of different entrepreneurs um, in terms of helping them ghostwrite books, helping them put together great sales funnels and landing pages, helping them put together great talks and webinar presentations. I've got a lot of different ways that I help apply storytelling, but um, uh, one of the things that I really love that, to combine it with is good frameworks to make it simple and easy to use. And so I like to start with the people I work with with some simple frameworks to map out their stories, and then it becomes easy to turn it into whatever their goal is or whatever their need is, a presentation or a content strategy or anything like that. 
one of the reasons I was so excited to chat with you on the show is because I think that you hold the key to infinite business success. How's that for pressure of, of wow. what you're about to say? Yeah. I just think that telling stories well separates the wheat from the chaff or separates the, the, the wrong people from the right people. When I talk about lead generation and lead magnets, like a lead magnet or a magnet in, in real life, not a lead magnet, it attracts, but it also repels. And so a good magnet will send away the wrong people. I don't want to attract those kinds of people. And I think the story is the same way. There are certain people that live a certain way or whatever, like, like maybe my story really resonates with dads in their late thirties that have a minivan that are solopreneurs or whatever, because that's what I am. Maybe that attracts the right people. But if you're like a, you know, follow a certain author or influencer and you're not my age or in my life circumstance and you want to drive a Lamborghini and fly in a private jet, like those people won't be attracted to me because I don't tell those stories. I tell other stories of how my kids basketball practice, you know, led me to have this business epiphany and things like that. So <laughs> I don't even know what to ask. I just, other than the story to me is like super important. So what would you say to people like that are trying to capture those stories to collect those dots and find what's useful to share with the world, to attract the right people? Like, let's talk about that for. Absolutely. Well, the first thing I just want to like acknowledge um, the brilliance in what you're doing and, and how you're, you're walking the walk and what you just said, where um, I think one of the, one of the most immediate benefits um, that you can claim with your own story is just your unique vibe. I think, I think one of the biggest challenges a lot of entrepreneurs face a lot of the time is, we're not exactly clear on who our customer is and who they want. And actually by, um, if we find our stories and discover what's unique about us and what resonates with, with people, then it, it can actually help to inform some of our target audience by being vulnerable, by being who we are, by sharing exactly what we're passionate about, what we like and what we dislike and kind of having this um, uh, sharing stories based around your beliefs in this circumstance, um, yeah, it can really help and attract the right, the right people. Um, and so there's also, it also differentiates yourself. Um, one of my, one of my favorite things, the things that I can, I can just get so nerdy on is just thinking about like good and fun names for things. And, uh, if you can come up with, uh, a good story or a good name for like how you get results for somebody like, like you and the one hour funnel, um, it's, it's really catchy. It speaks to a result that people want something fast that, that works and, you know, is reliable, um, and is a simple system. And so, uh, it's, it, you can, again, that's, that's where story it, it adds in so much extra detail and emotional context where, um, a lot of just like information and numbers and kind of uh, statistics don't don't add up for people. Yeah, you know, I was I try to pay attention to this. I like people's stories, and so I'll tell you two stories real quick. One of mine is a friend of mine. She sells natural soap and health products. She's also homeschools her kids. She started the business out of her garage. She uses all natural ingredients. She does all these amazing things. So that's part of her story. I just gave you some of the highlights. Uh, and so people like her for that reason. Like, oh, I like her. She's just like me. She's, you know, she lives in a cul-de-sac just like me, drives a minivan just like me. She started her business out of her house. She loves on her kids. She's a very present wife. People, when she started telling that story, her business really started to take off. And on the flip side, I, whenever I think of storytelling, I always think of this guy. I found a dessert place here in Colorado Springs and it was called something like, I'm going to, I like your catchy names. I'm going to call this guy the chocolate chemist. I don't know what the name of the company was, but he was 
a mechanical engineer who opened a chocolate shop. And so maybe you and I instantly, you're thinking like, whoa, I wonder what that story is like. What's mm -hmm. that like? He's a scientist and he made chocolate. Like, so I walked in with my family and I said, in a way, I said, hey, what's the deal here? Like, what's the story? Like, I want to know the story. You're a chemist and you're, you got a chocolate shop. Like, what's that like, you know? And he kind of just deadpan looked at me and was like, well, do you like dark chocolate or milk chocolate? And I was like, no, oh, no, what's no the, the story? Like, what's oh. the story? Like, how did you do it? Or did you use beakers and, and Bunsen burners? Like, what was that like, you know? And he just missed it. And I haven't been back since. So <laughs> <laughs> how do people know, like, what's to that's what's worth so sharing or like what's right right well that's yeah, on the table. a very good a very good question and uh and yeah that's that's something like though uh, that's a really it's a really painful um story to hear but it's it's very uh it's very common out there um a lot of us miss it and i think um one of the one of the important things is we dismiss what is so obvious uh and valuable to us um, so again, like, um, uh, <clears throat> something that, you know, a mechanical engineer has been thinking engineering his whole life and he probably has some really cool and fun processes and ways to make chocolate. And, you know, maybe it isn't like, you know, he could make the exact same chocolate, um, you know, as a Hershey bar, but if he just had a cool, like, yeah, I actually used, you know, my old, um, whatever machine that I, I, yeah, from the lab to actually get this slightly different result. And then it would have just been a little bit more fun and he just would have been adding, you know, himself into the mix. Um, it was just, it was just who he was, but it was so like obvious and boring to him and, and probably it just like hadn't been trained in thinking like this, but yeah, it just went over his head. And so, um, I find, I find a lot of the same things when working with, um, yeah, coaches and consultants selling, selling high-end products there. And, and I've, I've experienced the same thing, even with my own content or speaking or things like this, since I'm used to uh, being able to explain and teach things, sometimes it's just easy to discount them or, you know, your, your brilliance with tech and systems and being able to, to put things together. It's just like something that you do easily. And you, you know, it's like fun for people like us to, to check stats and things like that, but, um, but it's incredibly valuable for some people. And so um, we really want to understand who we're, who we're reaching out to and, and what, what is the value that they really need and what they're looking for. And I also think another thing that we want to uh, speak of and teach to um, when we're telling stories, you always want to be teaching when you're telling a story. That's the point. There's always a moral of a story. Um, uh, otherwise it doesn't feel satisfying. So you've got to like, when you're telling a story, you're leading somebody somewhere. So if you want, you want to be intentional in that. So when you're coming up with stories and, and what stories are important to teach, you've got to think about your listener and think again, what's valuable to them? What do they really want? What are they really looking for? And a lot of us get hang, hung up on like, well, it's chocolate, but really like the process of like, here's how I made the chocolate or here's the unique ingredient is what you wanted to hear in that. And, and I think a lot of people, again, they want an experience, they want a result. They just don't want the, you know, a chocolate bar is maybe not the best example. If it's a diet plan, you know, you don't want to teach people or you don't want to tell people, yeah, we're going to cut out all these foods and, and limit your macronutrients to this. You want to be like, we're going to help you feel great, um, have more energy and love the way you look naked, um, which is like, so you speak to that result. Then the next thing is you also want to teach to, 
people's beliefs. Um, uh, there's like, when it, when it comes to solving problems, um, we are either going to solve a problem that is immediately painful, like, hey, my hair is on fire. I can't, you know, I can't help you um, with my, or I, like, I can't worry about my email glitch right now because my hair is literally on fire. So you're going to solve that problem. Or um, one that's, one that has a very immediate, upside or something you know that you can you can really uh get a big win with but the third kind of problem that people are most likely to solve that i think people overlook is the problem that they feel empowered to solve um so maybe maybe you're different than me so i'm i'm great at like making things online great at writing books but when it comes to like if there was a light socket you know downstairs that had a short or I needed to like unscrew things or like hammer nail build something I'm terrible terrible at that stuff and so I could have a, a very small problem that had to do with like heart hammering and hardware that I would put off for months that it would be really easy but if I just like put the time but I just don't really know how to solve it so when you're teaching and telling stories, you want to, you want people to start to believe like, oh, I can solve this problem. So think about telling stories that give them information that give them, that leave them feeling empowered, that leave them feeling like, wow, I really can make a difference here. And then they're going to start to take action on that problem because people, um, as you know, like working on your event right now, um, you, you've got a lot of different things going on. And if there was a different problem kind of on the periphery, you wouldn't be focused on it. So there's only, there's only so many things that we can focus on at once. And so by telling stories, we can share, like, this is why this is important. And this is how you can do it. You can get these results because you want people to, to both believe in you and your process through your stories, but you also want to teach them and, and help them believe in themselves. Okay. There's a lot to, there's a lot to unpack there. One of the things I wanted to chat about, and if you can expand on this a little bit further, I think that there's some people listening to the great knowledge you just provided and the tips, and they might think, I don't have good stories. I, 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 it's not in me. I can't make these out of thin air. Now, I don't think that's true. I think we all have these amazing stories. We just need to maybe you know, connect the dots a bit more to how it might apply to the problems that they help solve out in the world. How do you help people find the stories in their life or in their past to be able to share with other people? Absolutely. That's a really good question. And there's really, really good news for, um, for people who feel like that is because um, one of the things that I think um, <clears throat> is like, if you're telling a great story, be it on a podcast, be it on stage, be it on a webinar, um, having, having a story where you are you know, leaping out of a building, saving a baby from a fire, and um, then running a marathon and winning a gold medal and things like that. Like, that's really cool. And if you have a story like that, then that's awesome and you should, you should use it. But the stories that, that you really want to tell are, aren't, aren't those ones. They're the ones that, bring, that people can say like, oh, me too. I was at um, I was at Baskin Robbins and I got ice cream and I got this flavor, you know. Um, or I uh, um, I always like the crunchy peanut butter. I don't know, you know, what creamy peanut butter people are thinking. Or uh, yeah, what is it with people and you know drinking all these Lacroix? And like really, you can like tell a little story around that. And again, if you understand the moral 
of like um, a moral of like, this is a story about somebody taking action on something that they weren't sure about and then being rewarded for the, you know, the, the initial investment or the initial risk. And so if you, if you tell them like that and you're like, well, I went to Baskin Robbins and, you know, I usually get the cookie dough ice cream, but that, this time I really wanted rainbow sherbet. And I thought that was crazy because that's not even really ice cream, but I took the risk and I tasted it. And then also like, uh, um, <clears throat> three other people came up to me and they were like, this is really good. And we all started eating and collaborating. And all of a sudden we formed an amazing mastermind and, um, or something like that. I don't know, but you just have like, you create this little simple story that is that somebody, cause they, they want to be able to come up to you and relate to you and say, me too. That was me too. I had a similar experience when I ate the rainbow sherbet or when I tried this ice cream. And so um, the simpler you can keep it. And if you understand the, the kind of the destination that you want to teach to, and I'll give you like a checklist of a couple of different things uh, right after this, that, that'll be really useful for that. But if you know the destination that you want to teach to, then you can teach simple stories and then just allude to them um, the moral of the story. Let me share a few um, of these ones. Like I think one good story to have is a story that illustrates something that you're saying that nobody else is saying what something that you believe in that nobody else believes in. And we've already talked about why, why this is important, why it cre that creates your human connection and it differentiates you. Um, I think another good one is whenever you have a process or you have certain steps to what you're doing um, or certain pieces of how you work with people, you should always have a success story of a client who used this certain step, who used this tool with you, who had this experience with you, or who had the same objection that um, you, your ideal audience has. You've got, a, you've got a story where it would be something like, you know, one of my coaching clients, Phil, he doubled his sales by just making this one little change to his headline and then starting to teach about what, what that's about. Um, another way is a way to create urgency. Uh, this sale is only happening for so long, so grab it now. Sometimes that's, you know, that's a little bit of artificial urgency, but if there's um, something like uh, <clears throat> um, a, uh, maybe like tax day for CPAs, that's a real sense of urgency. It's a real deadline that everybody feels. And if you, if you um, have some of those in your industry, then you know, speaking to that. Another good one is a quick win. Um, something like here's one simple food you can add to your diet for better energy all day long letting people feel like wow that was easy i got a good result and that also builds up some of that trust and empowerment that i was talking about and finally the fifth one would be making sure that um you're teaching both to beginners and experts it's not necessarily an individual story but you want to think about when you're telling your stories um, especially if you're speaking on a webinar or on stage for an extended period of time and it's not as much of a conversation, you want to have something to share that um, somebody totally new to the topic can, can take and get value from, but you also want to make sure that the experts out there know that they can get value from you too. 
One thing I found is I've started to curate more stories and tell I'm, I'm close to 200 episodes total on the podcast. So I've told somewhere around 200 stories, right? Almost everyone has some kind of story. My book is nine chapters. So it's nine stories tied into marketing principles. I've, what I've noticed, and I want to curious your thoughts on this as well, is I start to pay attention more and, you know, collect more of those dots. And then I'll be going through my every day. And then you fight over a parking spot with somebody and realize that that, you know, that experience or that interaction reminds me of something else in business. So I'll jot that down as an idea and then maybe explore it. And sometimes I just delete them. I know there's nothing there, but I'll, I'll, I'll write down that story and think, I bet people can relate to that. They've, they've gotten, somebody's gotten their Starbucks order wrong before. And that felt, that made them feel a certain way. I wonder what else that's like or how else that can show up and how I teach people business principles or whatever. Have you seen that as well with either your own life or the people you work with that as they get in the practice and they rehearse telling stories and paying attention and noticing and collecting those dots that it gets easier over time? I would say so. I mean, I think it's, it's a muscle that you have to work, um, especially when creating content um, in the early stages, it's uncomfortable, but as you start to think about it more and more, then it becomes easier and you become more practiced and it becomes more natural and more flowing and, and God forbid fun, you know, um, which is, you know, that's I, like, I do it now you know, hopefully it gets to the point. It kind of reminds me, I remember somebody was telling a story about salsa dancing and maybe this is a good one, but I remember um, I've, I've tried salsa dancing lessons a couple of times and I've gone for like maybe a month to a month and a half and you're going and you're dancing. And, and at least this is my experience. I don't know if anybody else has tried this, but I feel like that your first maybe four or five times, you're just like struggling to get through it and you suck. And it's not, it's not very pleasant and you're just trying to be like, okay, one, two, three. Oh man, I messed up my steps again. And you're embarrassed and awkward and weird. But after a while you kind of get a feel for it and then you start to have fun and you actually like kind of enjoy and move in the music. I very, I've never really gotten past that point. And so I would always like go right up to the point where you could, you maybe start enjoying it and then I wouldn't go to the lessons anymore or something would change. And so I never really became the ultimate salsa dancer. And it's just like this when you're, when you're creating content, you're going to be kind of awkward. It'll be maybe not as fun. Maybe you'll make a couple of mistakes but you learn, you learn, you learn, and eventually you're going to get to the point if you stick with it, where it's just a fun dance and you're enjoying yourself and you're spending time and you're creating value and it's awesome. Um, but yeah, it takes practice. And also one of the things I really like about what you just said and what you're doing is it's creating like other benefits in your life by thinking about how can I tell stories? You're actually like crafting stories in your own life um, instead of being like, being upset over a Starbucks order, you've, you've created a tool in your own life to be like, oh, well, this is actually a fun tool right here. Or if you get in a conflict in a parking lot and somebody like cuts you off or something and you're like, oh, well, this is an opportunity for a fun story. Now, it's actually this, you know, you've, you've created this really, this really fun tool that, that has great benefits for your business, but I think it helps you live a better story in your own life. Yeah, for sure. I, my wife knows whenever something happens, either really good or really bad, she'll look at me and she's like, this is going to be a podcast episode, isn't it? I'm like, yep, you better believe it. Like they lost my bags again at the airport. So let's talk about how to process when things don't go your way or whatever, or, or gratitude or perspective or whatever comes up in that, in that moment. And, uh, and yeah, that's, I, I think of James Altucher, I think it was him. He said to try to have like 10 ideas a day and just write them down and they're going to have a lot of bad ideas. 
And then you get, but you get used to having ideas and like, well, what if I did this? Or what if this was an idea for a show or a product or a service or a podcast or a piece of content or a family activity or a vacation? Like you just have these ideas, 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 ideas. And then I know, and my team knows, and my wife knows, especially I'll, I'll, I'll pre I'll preface an idea with saying, Hey, like I'm going to throw 11 bad ideas at you and I'm going to see if I can get a good one. And I'll just start spitting bad ideas and she'll just shake her head. Nope. That's a bad idea. That's for like a, you know, a, a speech or a podcast or something. And, mm-hmm. But it's just a, a muscle that for me, I've, I've been practicing. I'm not talking to just people who consider themselves full-time content creators or podcasters or authors like you or things like that. But just if, if you're in any kind of business, every, like you just gave us five great types of stories to make sure we have in our arsenal. I totally agree. You should totally have those. It's a lot more fun when people say, what do you do? And you say, well, I, I noticed that there's this thing in the world and you tell your experience, right? Let me tell you about uh, my, my friend, Kyle. So Kyle had this issue with his marketing and we blah, blah, blah. And then that story is more interesting than I am a digital marketer and I am a Facebook advertiser. Like that's lame. The story is way more interesting. And then they can start to see themselves in the story uh, and, and all that stuff too. So you've given us great uh, five stories to have in our arsenal and kind of like I'm droning on right now, that is probably a pitfall of, of uh, people as they start to tell their stories. Can you give me some ideas of how to tell better stories? Like to not let it you know, drone on forever or to make sure that the point is, is, uh, is effective. Like what are some elements of a really great story? Yeah. Um, so one of them is, uh, is starting your story in the middle of a conflict and saying like, you know, um, and then they broke down the door or, you know, starting in something and you see this in movies a lot, um, especially like action movies where the very first scene, there's like all kinds of like, you know, somebody's running and there's explosions and you don't know what's going on. And, you, and then um, it like cuts back to like one year later and you're, you're all like hooked now. You're like, well, how did that happen? Yeah. Or what happened there? And so by, by starting um, your story in the middle of a conflict, like, uh, um, if we go back to maybe like a parking lot example, like I can't believe he cut me off and then starting to say that it gets people hooked right away. Um, so that's, that's a great way to start the stories. Cause I think, um, again, when people start storytelling, they sometimes will be like, well, this is a story about this. And then you kind of like slowly mosey into it. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> another good one is to, especially when you're teaching, um, uh, this is like opening a loop and you, you kind of talk about something like, <clears throat> uh, you know, one of the, uh, one of the biggest problems with fish tacos is they, you know, they just make you feel, um, I don't know, sluggish after you, if you eat six of them, like I did, you know, at this competition just a minute ago. Anyway, let me teach you about the things, you know, other things that you might overdo in your business. Um, and you kind of like, let us know. Again, it's kind of like starting in a conflict or you like, you create a little bit of a mystery and a question of like, oh, I want to know more. And then um, you, you uh, leave them with curiosity. That's like what uh, soap operas are really good at this kind of stuff where they, they start in a, are co- they right before a commercial break, they get your attention really piked. And then when you come back from the commercial, it's a different scene and stuff, but you're like hooked in, you're just waiting. Um, So creating a loop and then starting to teach um, is really, really powerful. Another great um, just thing that you can do. uh, We've we've talked about this a little bit, but, um, and you mentioned this before, but tell stories of, you know, of your successful clients and let them feature them as the heroes feature when you're talking about, 
um, even your process or working with you, keep the focus on your clients and how they overcame their challenges or solved their problems or figured things out. Um, <clears throat> but always have stories of your clients being successful. And it doesn't, because this communicates that, hey, I have clients and this is what's going on and this is how you can work with me in a way that doesn't say all of those things directly. So a great way to do this is like you were saying, when, you're, when, you're, when you have something to teach, one of my clients had this problem and I taught him this. One of my clients came to me with this question and I said that. And then you just, you get to allude, hey, I have this thing that I offer that I work with people and teaching. And then they get to not only like enjoy the teaching, but they kind of picture themselves in the shoes of, of somebody working with you. One thing that I do is I try to think of the business principle uh, first, and then I try to tack on a story that explains that from, from my life. And I don't know if that's, if that's a great place to start or if that's like an advanced place to start because there's things we're trying to communicate. Like with all the examples you gave too, like we're trying to communicate, we have a process that works or communicate that people like them have gotten results with what we know in the past. And so then you would start to backtrack and tell those different uh, stories one of the stories that I'm kicking around for what might be the closing session of my event in a couple of weeks is I was at my son, my youngest son, Ben, as in his basketball game, he's in second grade and uh, they were getting destroyed by the other team. And a couple of things I just started to notice and I was just kind of laughing. So this will resonate with other parents who have been in any kind of little league, you know, with their kids, soccer, football, basketball. Um, I looked up and I saw a kid on my uh, son's team, this really cute little girl and she was wearing a tutu and like tap shoes. And I was like, well, okay, that's funny. Cause it's like, she's not even, she didn't even show up ready to play. Like she's not even doing the right equipment. She's wearing the wrong clothes and the wrong shoes to be successful on the basketball court. So, you know, what is that in business? Well, it's, you know, having the wrong tool or the wrong set of resources in your tool belt. And then I looked up and I saw there's a kid that when he gets the ball, he stares at the ground and he dribbles the ball with both hands. He has no idea where the goal is. Is it near him? Is it far away? Is it face? Is it behind him? He doesn't even know what's that like. And then you start to think like, well, that's like, you're so turned around by whatever, whatever the application there is. And then you look up and you see the coach is picking his nose and he's facing away from the court. So sometimes you have a bad coach, you know? So I'm starting to like, well, that's like these different characters that people might find themselves in. Maybe they've hired the wrong coach in the past that didn't even look at the court and didn't have his eye on the ball. Maybe they had the wrong equipment. Maybe they were so focused on the fundamentals of like not having a turnover. They didn't even know where the goal was, you know, like that. I start to see that and like that, there might be something there, you know, and they kind of share that story with a couple of different people. But the point I'm trying to make is, hey, hire me to be your coach or hire me to give you the right tools or skill set. So when I start with that end in mind, so to speak, I then can develop and work backwards. Is that a useful framework that you've seen success with or seen clients have success with, or do you have a, a different way that people might want to start with their storytelling? Yeah. Well, I think that's, that's one of the most important parts is to, like you, like you were saying, you got to start with the end in mind and know where you're going. Sometimes it's useful to like just brainstorm stories and be like, what are funny stories from my life? Right. And then try and think of a business principle. And that's a good way. And that's creative and fun and good things can come of that. But if you have something important you want to teach and a message that you want to say, then you've got to like understand really like what result do you want? What message do you want to communicate? How do you want to reach them? And once you have that figured, then, then you can start picking out stories. Again, you're like, okay, what's the lesson here? Um, if it's they've had a bad coach and, you know, they should try something different, then again, you tell, you tell this, uh, a similar story about how, yeah, your, your son's basketball coach 
um, wasn't the best fit for them, but there wasn't anything necessarily wrong with him. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you could even add in some vulnerability there and be like, obviously that's my perspective because I'm his dad. I could never, I'll, ne I'll never fault my son. It's always going to be the coach's fault or something like right. that, right? Right. So let's, let's talk. Let's, uh, you said you had some frameworks before we hit record. And one I wanted to ask you about that I think will be really helpful to people, including myself, is the grandma's lasagna. What does that mean? Yeah, yeah. So we've already we've kind of been hinting at it and building the the structure for it through this whole talk, but uh, but there's something I call the grandma's lasagna effect, which is like this is your your ultimate differentiator, and you can probably picture this with me. But when you were a kid, you know, in your childhood, there was probably a grandmother or somebody else important in your life that cooked this amazing dish when you went and visited them or when they came over. And for the sake of Im my imagination, we'll call it lasagna, um, but it could be whatever dish, you know, that the listener um, wants to picture in their head. Anyway, this lasagna ruined it for you though, because you can't go to any other restaurants and order lasagna anymore because it kind of tastes hollow compared to grandma's. But, Let's be real, grandma's lasagna didn't have any kind of special secret ingredients um, that, that nobody knows about. Um, it was like a unique emotional connection that, that made that lasagna so special and that made it so that that's the only one you can go to. So this kind of combines everything we've been talking about, but if you create a proprietary process that, that builds this grandma's lasagna effect, then this is one of the most ultimate differentiators for your business and, and system. And I'll, I'll give you a couple of examples of, of processes. Um, <clears throat> one, of, uh, one, of our, one of the people that we actually mutually work with, Uriel Kame, has the, the perfect client pipeline. And again, it's got a great title that exactly, you know, communicates uh, the recipe or the result you want. And it's got uh, a few simple steps. Um, it's a Facebook ad to a webinar, to an application, to a high-end program. And so he just walks people through that same process. It's proven, it's worked really well. And there's hundreds of people out there that have, that offer and build webinar funnels. But, but only Yuri has the perfect client pipeline and um, he's able to, to how, charge a premium price, but also get premium results for this. And he's bringing in his own story and his own philosophy. Um, for me, I have the one clear path to sales, which is kind of what um, uh, Selling with Story, my new book, is built around. And that's first, you need one clear message. You need to figure out that message that the audience really wants to hear that resonates with them in their language, not yours. Really important for the scientist types. Um, two, you need that one clear lesson. Um, <clears throat> you need to teach them and empower them. And then three, you need one clear offer. You need to present an offer. That's the ideal next step for um, what you just taught. So uh, those, are, those are a couple of examples, but I'll, I'll, sh I'll show you kind of the commonalities. The first is it has a, it has a name that, that communicates a result um, clearly. So that's a good, that's the good first step that I really like. Um, and usually how I like to do that is just brainstorm, you know, a bunch of different, like what's the awesomest thing that could happen from getting this program or working with me or getting this result and writing down a bunch and then uh, maybe talking to my, talking to the audience or talking to ideal clients and seeing what really makes them come alive. And then once you have that result, 
then you want to create a uh, um, three to five steps to getting to that result. So um, usually, uh, sometimes it's, it's not always steps, it could be ingredients. Sometimes it's step one, you uh, diagnose the problem, step two, you build your solution, and step three, you get the result, or for a, a funnel, maybe it's, uh, you know, create the, create the message, and then outline the funnel build, and then actually build it. But you have different steps. And usually each of these steps are designed um, to just show like, here's how we're gonna take you to this result. And with every, with every step, this becomes a teaching point that you can start to tell stories around. So for my first step, one clear message, you wanna tell a story or you wanna, you wanna be prepared like um, uh, with, with something to enlighten them. So you, for example, when, when speaking to somebody and you want, you want your message to land in, in their language, um, if you were a yoga teacher, for example, and you were reaching out to somebody who had uh, done a lot of yoga before, then uh, you would communicate with them in one way versus somebody who has never done yoga at all. Um, then you would, you would probably send your message to them in a different way. And so that actually wasn't the best story kind of in retrospect. I didn't really have much. It was kind of just a teaching point without the story there. Um, so, uh, zing on myself, but, uh, but yeah, <laughs> no, I get it, man. I, I, I <laughs> thank you for being vulnerable there in that moment too. Um, so man, I, I, uh, as I said, before we hit record, I've, I've known you for several years and I just, I think this is such an important topic. It's what differentiates, like I could tell you the steps of how to log into a piece of software and then technically how to get a funnel made in your business and run a Facebook ad. But what, what made everything different for me in my business is telling those stories of uh, challenges. My, my top downloaded podcast episode out of the first 200 episodes or whatever is an episode I recorded. I think it's episode 112. It's called Hitting Rock Bottom. I was putting together a PowerPoint and my coach was encouraging me like, hey, take them to that moment where you thought that it was the darkest, like that, that you weren't going to pull through. It's like, well, I've never told that story before. While I was building it in the PowerPoint, I just hit record one night and just told the story. Well, people really connected with that. And there wasn't this eloquent point I was trying to make. I just kind of wanted to share that story. And then I've had my wife on here and we've talked about entrepreneurial parenting and my other top downloaded episodes are things around how I've overcome fear and uncertainty and self-doubt. And like, but they're not like, here's the three steps to overcome fear. It's, hey, I was had no clients. I was driving to an event. I had just quit my job. I had no money in the bank and my transmission went out in my minivan. It was revving hot and high. I, we limped into the event. My wife drove me because I couldn't afford a plane ticket and she made it to the car dealership and I was at day two of this three day event. And she texted me and said, it's the transmission. It's going to cost 4,500 bucks that we didn't have. And I had, and actually I've never told this story before. I don't think so. You're getting the first take on it, but, um, and then we had to get a new minivan, but like, that's, that's different than like starting a business is hard. Like I could say that that's true, but that was my reality. Month one, February 1st, I was brand new entrepreneur. February 22nd, I had to buy a new minivan and the minivan we, that had just busted, we owed on never happened before. So now we had a, a really fun thing called negative equity that we rolled into another minivan. Uh, that's just more interesting than life is difficult. Like that's like, mm -hmm. what do you mean? Like, you know, and the people are like, yeah, I've been there and mine was worse or mine wasn't that bad or people get perspective and they, 
there's a, a warmth and a vulnerability in sharing those stories that draws in the right people and, and sends away the wrong people. So if you're like, oh, a minivan, I only work with people who drive Lamborghinis. Like they won't like that story. Totally mm -hmm. fine. I'm not trying to help you. Like I don't have a solution for you, but that's my reality and that's my story. And so that's why I'm just so grateful that you've written, uh, how many books have you written about storytelling? Is this your second or are there more than that? I, I have three total books, but I have two on storytelling and then one on um, how to start a business in college, which is kind of a strange outlier book, but, uh, but yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's one of the first, I remember you and I were chatting, where I was getting to know you and like, hey, I've, wrote, I've also written this book and you gave me a copy, which is, I'm really a big believer in, in, in books and having printed books and those kind of heavy business cards. Um, oh, yeah. So yeah, man, I just wanted to thank you for putting out yet another awesome resource for people that are in business to learn how to uh, sell with story. That's the name of the book is Selling with Story. And it'll, it'll help set, set you apart, draw on the right people, send away the wrong people. And you've, I, I didn't know there were awesome frameworks. I love frameworks. I didn't know that those were in there as well. So that's a nice bonus um, as well. So what are your uh, closing remarks, I guess, for people that are considering this, they start to believe in themselves through hearing you talk saying, hey, wait, maybe Kyle can help me tell my story better so I can, so I can grow my business. Siri yeah. thought I was talking to her on that one. Sorry about that. Um, what, what would you say to those, uh, those people here? So what I'm saying, I mean, I think they've come to the right place if they're following your show because you've done a great job at sharing your own vulnerability, sharing your journey and, and really walking the walk. And I think just observing the way that you are doing what you're doing. I think being, being willing to be vulnerable, um, which is kind of something we hinted on earlier, I think is one of the, the most powerful tools out there um, in this online world of overhype and... Uh, and everybody trying to look as cool and Instagram perfect as possible. And I really think in the end of the day, it's how vulnerable you can be. That's really going to attract those, those right people to you. And time and time again, whether it's content I've published or stories I've told from stage or webinars, whether it's with me or it's with my clients, it's the things that you're most afraid to share, the posts that you're most afraid to, to publish um, that really uh, is the thing that that creates that resonance and are usually the most successful uh, stories. And so um, don't be afraid to go there and have the courage to go and explore those those places. And it's it's like imminently practical for your business, but it's also this interesting kind of cathartic self-development process at the same time. Yeah, and what I've, uh, what I've found when thanks for giving us all permission and a reminder to go do that and test those waters and get those words out there is it starts to help other people. Like other people start to be served by your experience. And even when life gets really hard for me or really great for me, I, I wonder how that experience can encourage other people or challenge other people. And so when, when I shared, I've never gotten more comments on a podcast than when I just like shared what it was like for me to hit what to me seemed like rock bottom or I mean what historically was rock bottom. Now a lot of people have way worse rock bottom stories than mine. That wasn't the point. It was just for me to open up and say, Hey, I've been there and here's how I dealt with it. And I'm on the other side of it now, but I still deal with these issues of fear or worry or concern. And I'm just like you, you're right with Instagram. Perfect. Like there's so many of us just, say, uh, I, I coach a lot of people too. I see their videos they shoot. I see their webinars they make. I see their funnels they make. And I think this person sometimes, more often than not, it seems like is trying to be too 
I don't know what the word is. They're trying to be too perfect and say what they think they should say instead of just saying what comes natural. And whenever I have guests on the show, like I interviewed my wife on, on the show, she, I remember her saying, what do I say? It's like, we'll just say whatever you want. Cause that's just, we're humans and we're just going to have a conversation. So there's no script. I need you to say, there's nothing for you to avoid. Just like say the words that come up cause that's who you are. And then people connect with that. Um, and so that's a, a useful reminder for us all in our business to tell more stories tell uh, you're helping them tell better stories as well and then just see what can happen like put yourself out there and I'd love to hear I'm sure you'd love to hear too Kyle like if you you should get the book number one number two do what's in the book number three like I'd love to hear what that experience was like for you when you share some of these stories or create some of these frameworks um, so Kyle thanks again for being on the show today and giving people permission and encouragement where can people go to follow along your journey I'll link up all the books in the show notes as well but of course yeah to check out what you're up to. to check out the new book selling with story you can go to sellingwithstory.co and get some information it's available on Amazon in Kindle and paperback and I'll be working on the audiobook soon and uh, for my blog, my podcast, and uh, more information about me, you can go to thestoryengine.co. That is, uh, yeah, my brand and also the name of my second book, um, The Story Engine, which is all about content marketing. Amazing. I got those notes all down. I took more notes than I usually do because you were giving us some great frameworks uh, on Good, here as well. Thank so you. I genuinely enjoyed the chat. I'm proud to know you and call you a friend and proud of you for getting uh, more content out in the world to help guys like me with uh, telling better stories and reaching our audience even better. So thank you for all Likewise. you Likewise. And, and uh, I, I feel the same way and I'm inspired um, seeing you, you put together this event and a lot of the things you're doing, just hosting these dinners and, and going big. Um, I, I admire, yeah, your courage and your, your devotion to um, making it work and bringing out your best self. Yeah, man. It's awesome. It's a great journey that we're on. It's not always easy, but it's, uh, it's worth it to get it figured out and to press on and, and uh, with some of the stuff you teach uh, as well. So uh, enough, enough love from Kyle to Cody. We, the, the audience knows we love each other and appreciate each other. So, hey, man, thanks again for being on today and look forward to this book serving a ton of people. Thanks for having me. All right. I hope you enjoyed that chat with Kyle Gray. To learn more about him, go to thestoryengine.co. And as I said at the beginning of the show, if you want to work on this and get better at this in your business and you know that this is an area that you don't feel great, it's a great way to shortcut your learning by coming to hang out with me in Denver and other people there to say, hey, let's tell these stories this way. You'll get chances to practice your the way you, you talk about your marketing, uh, the way you talk about your business. And you'll come hear lots of interesting stories from me in my life, just like on this uh, on this podcast. So Again, go to onehourfunnellive.com to secure your ticket, and I'd love to see you in Denver.